Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, local celebrity. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, international celebrity. Thank you. Matt McLean. Hello, hello. <laughs> Every Tuesday, we release a new episode, mostly true crime, but we've also been known to cover a pandemic, a haunting, a super mad, super strong chimpanzee. We'll cover anything and everything scary. Please rate us five stars and join us on Instagram at Everything Scary Pod. Here we go. Hello, hello. Hello. How are you? Wonderful. How are you, OJ Simpson expert? Expert, yes. I have my um, PhD in OJ. Everything OJ. <laughs> what a doctorate. Ornthal, if you must. Ornthal James. <laughs> How has your weekend been over? Lovely. For those that don't know, it's a long weekend in Canada hey, yo. as we record this on we Sunday. We love Britain. We're off tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, still Queen Victoria Day or Victoria Day. Something it's like It's not going to be... Uh, Chucky Day or something, or no. something for King Charles. Oh God, that'd be great, right? Aren't they changing everything? But I don't know. There's I don't. I don't know either. I love the memes so of Camilla and like the side chicks. Don't lose hope. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> keep that. Oh, that's so good. How crazy is that? And just the we kind of lose sight of the fact because they're royals that they're people. But essentially, Harry went to go see his dad and the lady he cheated on his mom with. Yeah, get recognized like as. The leaders of, I don't know, the Commonwealth, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> They're on our money. It's so bizarre. <laughs> I did read somewhere that Camilla was around before Princess Diana, though. Oh. Yeah, but she wasn't recognized as somebody who was worthy of being with Charles. So they, like, pretty much hand-plucked Diana. Right, because she's of noble blood. Right, and so they continued on their affair. Like, it wasn't like she was... It wasn't Diana came and then he's like, oh, I'm just going to go and no. have a romp in the stables with East one. <laughs> God. And you know what? Your British accents, like, they vary, too. You. Like, your Beatles isn't the same as Prince uh, Charles. Yeah, because Prince Charles didn't grow up in Liverpool. <laughs> You're a moron. You knew that. That was also a Beatle. That, I guess I lived in Ireland. I'm not an idiot. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So apparently that he treated Diana like shit the entire time they were oh, married. Okay, well, okay, that makes me feel better. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, yeah. The hell, what a weird family. <laughs> we should we got to do on everything scary on the royals. There's a lot. There is a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're doing OJ today. Yes. Now explain what you explained to me with the three-parter, the it's going to be a three-parter. Patreon, the whole obsession you have with OJ, the 1997 I'm, thing. I'm I'm in love with him. Oh no, God no! <laughs> hey, Twitter world. <laughs> oh, hey, Twitter world. Yours truly. <laughs> so here's the deal. Yeah. OJ's OJ. Mm, let me write that down. <laughs> Take notes. OJ. Yeah, is OJ. Gotcha. Okay, hey, go ahead. There's so much information out there about OJ that I, I could not. And I, you know what? I know that you get fidgety. Mm -hmm. And I tried. I really did. I tried to trim all the fat. Yeah. And I did. Mm -hmm. But there's so much valuable information that you need to hear in order to like get the full picture of things. So this week, mm -hmm. we are going to skip the Patreon episode. Okay. However, yeah. these three parts will be available in Patreon before regular feed time. Okay. So it's something. 
Can I make a request live on the pre-taped pod? Let's hear it. Could we do a bonus Patreon episode the next time so that they don't miss out on one? And I'll put in extra time. (gasps) I got no problem staying an extra half hour to make sure that our Patreons, it'll just be delayed, but you will get your bonus episode. You know what? Employee of the month. (laughs) Let's get your picture taken. Because, yes, I will absolutely. Put it up on the wall. Gladly do it. And I already have... What I'm gonna do? Ooh! So I'm gonna do because you know what I can't I can't shake him. I know. So I'm gonna do the O.J. Simpson, the 2007 case where he did end up inevitably, thank Jesus, spend time in jail. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also gonna do the McStay family because I have been promising for five weeks now that I was gonna do the McStay family, and I have the script. Yeah. I just get caught up in other things. And the McStay family. They are an entire family that just disappeared. Oh. Yes. Interesting. So we do have answers. So it is not a cold case, which is lovely. Okay. So I will be doing those two. Those will be on our Patreon. And Matt, since you're employee of the month, thank you so much for offering to stay later. No problemo. And I will try. Problemo? Yeah, I'm good with words. I'm a professional. (laughs) And I will try for your sake to make the main feed a little bit. Did you just fart? No, I moved the stool. Sorry, I that was well. Actually, that could also be described as a fart. <laughs> oh I, my god! Right, I moved the stool. But no, there's a wooden <laughs> stool under me. <laughs> Thank the Lord. I thought you were just getting way too comfortable with the <laughs> listeners. Yeah, like uh, yeah. So, and then I think we're gonna do this family that just. Uh, then there was also there was the tragic kidnap. <laughs> 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 when you gotta go, you gotta go, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I will try to um, do the allotted 45 minute episodes that you oh, like. Right. Maybe I'll make them 43 minutes just because we're doing two Patreon episodes. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. I get antsy in my pantsy real quick. Yeah, it happens. You know what? I think we all have a, a hint of ADD. Yeah, but on the, uh, the bright side, I am drinking a cup of coffee. So that should help with my <laughs> fidgetiness. <laughs> And your gas. <laughs> I believe coffee is a natural diuretic. It is out of my... Uh, Sybil? Yeah. Yeah. Did you give uh, your sister's friend her everything scary mug that I gave you? No, I have it. Because I have... Um, where did she, uh, she live? Actually, Fort St. John, where those wildfires are. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so she's far away. That's why you saw your nephews and you were... So, yeah. Oh, okay. Dying to see them. But yeah, mm-hmm. so they are... Uh, they were on, I believe the term is like an emergency evacuation hold order or something. Basically, it meant pack everything you need and put it in your car. Oh, my God. Like California. There wasn't even have it at the door. It was put it in your car because when we say GTFO, you're getting the fuck out of there. You know what's crazy is like it has absolutely no relation at all. But like in Barrie in the last week, there's been three like house ruining house fires. Wow. There's one just off of Hearst where um, I shouldn't be giving addresses. (laughs) There's one at 492. 1186. <laughs> but no, they had like their two cars parked out front too and their house completely burnt down and then their cars caught fire. So the whole front end of both of their cars oh exploded. God. Yeah, there's like, it, we drive past them and I'm just like, oh my God. I try to tell my kids, I'm like, see, this is why we don't like leave this on and we don't leave this on and da, 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 da. Yeah. So it's scary. Are they still under that order? No. Okay. They are still under... An order, but it is not that order. I, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but at one point, I think they were like 10 kilometers away. Wow. From that fire, but 10 like 10 kilometers. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. 
Think about that. That's like from here to like. And it's all hazy. Like she sends me photos. And, and it's bad for your lungs just, too. Oh, really? Oh, Smoke yeah. is bad for oh, your lungs? Oh. Sorry. I'm sorry. I had to. I couldn't help. I used I to work just, for a thoracic surgeon, oh, so I happen to know that smoke <laughs> is actually, uh, shocker, not great for your lungs. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so they had to go to, they had to fly to Vancouver for something. And then my brother-in-law was like super stressed because he's got the two kids, like the new baby, they got the, the, the order on. Yeah. And he's kind of in and out of like work camp. And I guess at the airport, there was a reporter that came up to him and was like, hey, would you like to talk about the pilot strike? And he was just fit to be tied. He was like, I'm going to set you on fire right now. They didn't know about the pilot strike. Nobody was telling him. Nobody cared. he was so stressed. (laughs) So I guess they say, my sister's looking it up on the phone. He's like, listen, anything I say to you right now, I appreciate you have a job to do, but anything you say right now, anything I say to you is not going to be fit for broadcast. (gasps) I'm going to politely, as polite as I can. <laughs> I'm going to decline, but I appreciate it. Thank you. That's like the nicest way to say fuck off I've ever heard in my life. I am done. <laughs> Have you seen Four Christmases where they keep With Reese interviewing yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Vince Vaughn and yeah. Reese? Well, that's all I can picture. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, Good my B-I-L. Jesse. <laughs> okay. My fave. So. Yeah, let's get into it. We have to do a draw for some merch first. Ooh. Yeah. All right. What did you bring? I brought my Headley hat. A Headley hat? Yeah, Headley. The band that's been Oh, that's good for true crime. That's a good, that's actually a good tie-in to the podcast. All my freaking little stickies went everywhere. That's all right. It's okay. Uh, For the next draw, do you think we could use my Jeffrey Dahmer hat? (laughs) (laughs) I know it's like different, but also same. (laughs) Not really. I mean, Headley just, we're kink shaming here is what we're doing. Uh, I don't know. I, we might be consent shaming <laughs> or lack of consent shaming, which you know what? I am okay with shaming anybody who doesn't take consent seriously. <gasps> oh my God. You know what? How dare you? <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I need you to just pick a name. Tell me. All right. Let's pick a name here. Do, 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 do. What are we drawing for? Is it uh, a, a this mug? Is- this is for patrons as well as it's for people who have left reviews. Oh, I have Rhonda. Do you want me to read it? Or yeah, you, go for okay, it. I'm you go. I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll take this. <laughs> Rhonda Cameron, Ron- who left a review. All right, Rhonda Cameron. I'll it, get in touch with her later. Was it a good review? You didn't like, imagine it was like, like you're a shit review, stain, like, hey, and I'm like terrible. I'm like, here's a mug. <laughs> Here's, here's a mug. I hope you put coffee in it and choke on it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. You're like, this so, is the worst fucking podcast <laughs> I have ever heard. You're like, oh, I didn't say good review. I yeah, and said, then we could cover our uh, own murder of <laughs> bad reviewers. Oh, shit. She's just kidding, guys. Thank you, Rhonda. <laughs> so. Yeah. Here we go. So, yeah, I, I wrote here that anyone who is on the Patreon automatically is in the draw for every month. But um, a paid subscription is not necessary if it's not in the budget. You can either give us a review, refer a friend, just send us a screen grab of your referral or your review, and uh, you'll be in the draw. And, just and, like Rhonda. And you know what? You could tell people, too, word of mouth, but you have to prove it. So take a selfie video. There's nothing creepy. I don't think about pulling your camera out, shooting a video and saying, hey, have you heard of the Everything Scary podcast? And then just end the video. And then send it to Matt because uh, I want no part of this. (laughs) Okay. So I do want to thank our newest patrons, which are Brittany W. and Jessica E. 
Brittany Dubs, what up? I Jessica think- E, how you doing? <laughs> Do we have all, is, is the majority of our subscribers ladies? I think they're all is ladies. It, is that the majority of true crime listeners? You know what it is? And I did read somewhere. Hilarious. Mm-hmm, I did read somewhere that the reason females are so into true crime is because we always sit at a certain level of anxiety. And reading true crime yeah. is kind of like it makes our, like, we can read it and then our feelings are kind of. Like validated? Validated. <laughs> wow. Okay, can I be sexist for a second? Do it. I would just think it would just be like, I don't know, dudes. I wouldn't think women would no, be into this. It's definitely women. Okay, I would, and unsexist now. Yep. And oh, now, gosh. And woke. Yep, and now he's he wearing a waist trainer and he's got That's- fake eyelashes on. <laughs> it's super weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... This is probably one of the bolder moves I've ever made because we have been doing this podcast for, I think, since August mm-hmm. is when I started with my sister. So mm. it's um, eight, maybe How nine months old. Haley's good. She's got a really super cute baby. Mm. She's soups adorable. Nice. She's a serious baby, though. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, you oh, look God. at her from across the room and she's yeah. like, she's like, hey, she's listen. eyeballing you. Like, yeah, that's hilarious. But that's her dad. She's exactly like her dad. Like, dark, dark hair and then like crystal blue eyes yeah. too. You could be your dad actually. Yeah. <laughs> Tristan, see on Maury. <laughs> so, I wrote here this will at very least be a two-parter. Mm. Mm. Shot myself in the foot there. Trey parter. But I figured out an easier way to break it down. This is me just telling you that I'm going to do the battery and robbery case on Patreon. Okay. Call that Las Vegas OJ. Oh, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> very creative the city and the person OJ's like okay I shouldn't give it away but yeah he was like you know it just kind of worked out that I was there I was there at a wedding and uh, I just was like oh, I should go get my stuff back <laughs> <laughs> you know hey, OJ I think that Chris Rock said I think he's if OJ is jaywalking, they're going to arrest him after that trial uh, you know what So he I did think- get arrested a few more times after really this yes and he uh, the guy's like He's like butter. He's I, just- I just cannot stand the fact that he is able to live his best life and just golf and have dinner with his rich friends who all think it's so cool to hang out with O.J. fucking Simpson. Yeah. And how quickly we forget. Yeah. Well. Although they probably all think that he's innocent and it, it was a witch hunt, so they probably see nothing wrong with hanging with O.J., I don't know if you could think he was innocent. If you are a smart, mm. well-educated mm-hmm. human being who has ears and eyes, if you realistically think that he's innocent when there was a literal trail of his own blood mm-hmm. from the crime scene into his home <laughs> and a pair of socks crumpled up at the base of his bed with his ex-wife's blood on it. Mm-hmm. How? Listen, I understand. Mark Furman, that's how. I understand <laughs> how OJ could go free on that trial. I think that having said that, let me say this. I thoroughly believe, I don't think he called a hitman. I don't think he hired a hitman. I think he did it himself. But with that belief, I also think that he deserved to walk free because that case was such a disaster from the prosecution standpoint plus the defense You want to talk about an all-star team 
of the greatest lawyers and then one Kardashian who was kind of a former lawyer. Oh, and I a love fixer. him though. I know. He's so sweet. Did you see him when like when OJ got okay, we should get into this. Yeah, let's get into it. Okay. Oh, but yeah, let me just say one thing. So I do think that the defense did a good job with creating that, you know, that shred of doubt. And that's all you have to do, that's right? That's all you need. That is like Casey Anthony's lawyer, yeah. whose name is ex- escaping right now. It's Jose Bias mm-hmm. Bias. Yes, something like that. And that's what he does, is he, instead of trying to prove Casey Anthony innocent, mm-hmm. he creates other scenarios that are just as possible. Yeah. And that's all he does. He doesn't say, my client's innocent. He said, what if? That's right. And this man wins all the time because mm-hmm. he just creates that element of that's all you need. what if. Yeah. Okay, so let's go. OJ, after his first marriage was about to end in 1977, our dear Twitter friend OJ <laughs> met 17-year-old Nicole Brown while she was waitressing at the Daisy, which was a private club in Beverly Hills, and the two hit it off. Mm. They had a very volatile marriage that would end up in divorce. This is just a synopsis. Okay, of him and Nicole. Just in case anybody doesn't know the case. Okay. And then I'll get into more I didn't know detail. that they knew each other for this long. Actually, yes. So new info to me. So this is just quick, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty. All right. Um, they had a very volatile marriage that would end in divorce. They were married from 1985 and had two children and divorced in 1992. The trouble behind closed doors would not be fully exposed until the night of June 12, 1994, when it is alleged that O.J. brutally murdered his ex-wife, Nicole, and her friend, Ron Goldman, who appeared to have just been dropping by a pair of glasses that Nicole's mother, Judita, had left at a restaurant called Mezzaluna that Ron happened to be a server at. O.J. ended up being acquitted after an absolute mountain of proof was shown by the prosecution. Uh, And to this day, it is the majority, if not everyone, that believes that O.J. Simpson committed these murders. Um, Can we touch on the Ron Goldman thing, or will we later on? Uh, We will touch on it. They did know each other. Okay, because it's always been my... They were not having an affair. Really? No. All right. No, they had met at Starbucks. Everything was completely above board. Okay. However... When OJ arrived that night, there was candles going and there was music playing. Maybe she was going to take it to that right. when, he, when he showed up to But he did. He had an envelope with the glasses in it. Like, he was mm-hmm. finishing his shift. That's what it was. But wow. she had only known him for about six weeks prior to her murder. Right. Jeez. So, I will list all of my sources in the show notes. But I did get a huge amount of information from the book that OJ wrote, the 2006, titled If I Did It. And he will tell the story of his real life with Nicole. But as he says, because everybody believes that he committed the crime, he would give a hypothetical version of what would have happened had he done it. I thought this book was, like, banned and, like, pulled and you just couldn't get it. It was published by HarperCollins, but there was a huge pushback from the public, (laughs) as well as Ron and Nicole's families, Basically, O.J. was trying to capitalize on the murders. In 2007, the Goldman family was awarded rights to the book. I will get more into detail about this, but I just wanted to say that right off the top, because this is not blood money, O.J. does not see any part of it. And I am going to try my very best to say, according to O.J., as much as possible, because sometimes his stories are so believable (laughs) that 
I needed somebody to say, according to OJ, a lot <laughs> in reading it. But it might get redundant. So please keep that in mind. Okay. Um, these are words straight from OJ himself. So I, I didn't feel bad purchasing the books because the Goldmans do see 90% of the profits. Okay. But like I said, a lot of what you'll be hearing is OJ himself, and 90% of his book is very self-serving and victim-blamey. Anytime we have him on audio where he's absolutely losing his shit, like his 911 calls and whatnot, mm-hmm. he will build up to that piece of evidence and talk about how Nicole led him to these bouts of rage. <laughs> what a fantastic narcissist. You are going to die when you hear some of the things I have oh to say. Oh, my God. Um so all that is to say, if at any point it sounds like I'm siding with OJ, it may just be because the only account that I have of these events are oh, directly from him. Right, I, I okay. don't. I think OJ's a shit stain. Okay. All right. All right. Well, you'll go on record. <laughs> OJ's a shit stain. Uh, so here we go. OJ was born Orenthal James Simpson on July 9th, 1947, to Jimmy Lee Simpson and Eunice Simpson. He was one of four. There were two boys, O.J. and Melvin, and two girls, Carmelita and Shirley. He grew up in a housing unit in Pertrer Hills, California. You nailed it. Hills, California. <laughs> You've been there, right? Oh, for sure. At the young age of two, O.J. contracted rickets, which would have him wearing shoes that were connected by a metal bar for several hours every day until he was nearly five years old. <gasps> I had that. No, you didn't. Not rickets, but I had my feet were connected to a metal bar. Yeah, but did, were you a little pigeon-toed? Yes. That's why. Oh. Rickets is uh, the softening and weakening of bones in children, uh, usually because of an extreme and prolonged vitamin D deficiency. No sunshine. No sunshine and no fortified milk. Mmm. Correct. As I was researching this, I was like pouring milk in my kids' throats, like making them stand on the sun. <laughs> I remember, my, well, I don't remember, sorry, I lied. My mom told me a story. I would get out of my crib with this bar. I remember. And she's like, and honestly, Matthew, she's like, you look like, like a little green army man because their feet are like attached to like a platform. And she's like, you'd be shuffling on your stomach. Do you want to hear one of my ailments so that you don't feel centered out? Like, Absolutely. I wore a patch. A patch? Like a pirate. <laughs> An eye patch? Yes. <laughs> to try and correct a lazy eye. Didn't work. <laughs> Wicked. So lazy? <laughs> it's lazy once a couple glasses of wine get into me. <laughs> uh, yeah, we all. We all get that way. <laughs> My husband said that when we first met each other, one eye was looking at him and the other one was like, shooting off in the distance. <laughs> I'm like, why did you ask me out for a second date? He's like, it was good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so... OJ's dad was a chef and a custodian at a bank, uh, while his mother was administration at a hospital. His dad would leave the family in 1952 when OJ was only five years old, leaving Eunice to struggle as a single mom of four, which was, it's not possible nowadays. Oh, God, no. No, there's not a chance. There's so much shit that these kids are into. There's no way one person can take care of it all. It's impossible. (laughs) Leaving Eunice to struggle as a single mother of four. He did a bunch of good football stuff in high school. You sound like a sports expert. Thank you. Do I sound like OJ? He was good at catching the ball, running, and throwing. I wrote, and in college, and in 1969, (laughs) he joined the Buffalo Bills and did some more really great football stuff. Lots of running, I imagine. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Probably set a few records. Uh, He was a, a runner. 
Someone would say he was a running back. Thank you. Thank God. I was really hoping he'd step in this. <laughs> <laughs> running back where? Yeah. Why is he running back there? <laughs> running back home? <laughs> so, uh, at the time that he was drafted to the Bills, OJ was already married. He had married his high school sweetheart when he was only 19 years old on June 24th, 1967. Her name was Marguerite Whitley, and they had three children together. Arnell was born in 1968, Jason was born in 1970, and Aaron was born in 1977. But sadly, in 1979, just weeks before her second birthday, Aaron would drown in a swimming pool. OJ was said to have taken the little girl's death extremely hard. When was this in 79? His daughter drowned. Right, okay. Yeah. So she was uh, one year and 11 months old. Jeez. OJ's marriage to Margaret was already on the rocks when Aaron was born in 1977, but after the death of the child, the two did not see any hope of putting their marriage back together. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough... Tough pill to swallow. It's like a drowning in a pool, too. Yeah. So crazy. And in, it was in 1977, when his marriage started falling apart, that he was at a private club in Beverly Hills called The Daisy, and it was there that he met the gorgeous Nicole Brown. Nicole Brown would be right up your alley, too, eh? <laughs> you love, like, that tan blonde I, lady I, look. Uh, listen, with all due respect to the dead, yes. <laughs> she would be right up my alley. Not when she's dead. No, but I mean, you know, yeah. I, I mean, anything really is up my alley. Even dead? No, no, no. What? I just mean, like, blonde, brunette. It doesn't matter. I'm an all-equal opportunity. But, yes, I would say, oh, boy. <laughs> Did I just put you on the spot? A little bit. But yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Tan blondes, send us your uh, DMs. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> send us a review. You put your measurements in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, you just got went from being uncomfortable to taking it way back. Yeah, that's right. I'm, what did I say about being a professional broadcaster? That's correct. Okay. Not everybody does ah, to your stint in North Bay, Ontario for a radio. Holy smokes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I drive past North Bay and I'm like, wow, the rich and famous. The, <laughs> they have my name's on the sign. Is it? Yeah, so please never, ever come back. <laughs> so uh, at the time that they met, Nicole was only 17 years old. Nicole was born on May 19th, 1959 in Frankfurt, West Germany. Oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't know that. Uh, to Judita and Lou Brown. She was one of four girls. Her sisters were named Denise, Tanya, and Dominique. Her parents met when their father, Lou, who was an American, met German Judita when he was stationed as a correspondent in Germany. Initially, they lived in Frankfurt, but in 1963, when Nicole was only four, the family would move to California. Nicole attended Rancho Alamitos. That means um, ranches with ice cream. Yum. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Ranchos Alamodos. <laughs> And she, oh, sorry, that was her high school, and she would be crowned homecoming princess in 1976. Not homecoming queen? Princess. We had queen, king, prince, and princess. You had king and queen, really? Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean to brag. I do, but I was the prince of my school year. Were Again. you really? Uh, yeah. It was, I, Did you have to be with the princess, or was that? I actually went to prom with the prom queen. She oh. was voted queen. I was voted prince. Your partner's mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's how princes and queens work, right? <laughs> I guess it does. Or maybe 
Your mother. My mother. <laughs> I went to prom with my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, enough about me. Yeah. And my accolades. That's I, I pulled up to the radio station today, and there's somebody outside doing the landscaping, and he was yeah. like. Hey, so what's the podcast about? And I was like, uh, it's a true crime podcast. He goes, you sure it's not about Matt? And now I'm not so sure. <laughs> yeah, I say true crime. <laughs> so right out of high school, she would begin to work at the Daisy. Now we're back to that sweet, meet cute that nearly 18-year-old Nicole and uh, 32-year-old OJ would have in uh, 1977. Wow. So in OJ's book, he would say that he took Nicole aside and would tell her oh God. that he was currently married. Mm. But they're on their way to divorce. And if she was okay with it, he would love to take her out and get to know her better. Okay. You know? Yeah. Stand up, dude. Super piece of shit, Narcy. <laughs> now, in 1979, this would turn out to be a whirlwind year for OJ because, again, sadly, he lost his daughter. He filed for and finalized his divorce from Marguerite. He would retire from football due to a repeated knee injury, and he would end off his career with the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, I didn't know we played for San Fran. Do you want to know why they're the 49ers? Yes, I do. 1849 was in the gold rush hit San Francisco. Wow. And do you know what? Mm. I didn't even look that up. I knew it. You did? Yep. Come on now. Hey-o. <laughs> I thought California was the 49th state, but that was way too late for California <laughs> to be a part of the union. I mean, they were like one of the OGs. <laughs> one of the OGs. Like Do you know there's the more people in California than all of Canada? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. So Probably like New York, too. You think so? Well, I guess so. Maybe. Canada's vast, but like everybody in Canada lives like in southern Ontario. You think? Yeah. Essentially. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's like a line that you draw, and it's like all of Canada lives below this line. And And then it's like Newfoundland, Manitoba, all those people. Mm -hmm. No one's there. No. They're just. They're all spaced out. Everyone's got land. And lobsters. Mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Love a good lobster. (laughs) What a a podcast. What a format we've stumbled upon. We're doing geography. We're doing true crime. We're doing Matt. We're doing Matt. (laughs) Are you? you? (laughs) Santa? As a topic. <laughs> oh. Hmm. So. Yeah, loop that around. <laughs> and now he was able to be out and open with his relationship with Nicole. In 1985, after six years together, the couple finally decided that they were going to get married. Nicole had signed a prenup and they were all set for their happily ever after. Now, I have nothing against prenups. I actually think they're very smart. Yeah, you the only reason one, right? I'm bringing this up is because it does happen to come up a little bit later. You guys have one, right? You and your hubby? Uh, no. Oh, whoa. No, 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 no. Yeah. Okay, listen, you better lock that down because what He's if, God forbid, our Patreon. something happens oh, and no. he takes all of our podcast money? Well, you're still entitled to the 50%. I'm the one that's going to take the 25 cut. Oh, yes. You're like, so I don't care anymore. <laughs> yeah, good call. <laughs> Yeah, do whatever you know what? Whatever. Do whatever you want. <laughs> so, during the reception when they got married, it was said that the Browns and the Simpsons all came together and happily sang, we are family. I got all my sisters made. Oh, my God. That's so gross. <laughs> I know. Knowing what I like. Mm-hmm, fuck mm-hmm, OJ. Mm-hmm, oh, my God. Hello, Twitter world. <laughs> we are family. In October of 1986, Sydney Brooks Simpson was born. 
and friends would bring a case of Cristal champagne to the hospital. That's nice for a baby to drink. <laughs> why would why would they bring? Oh, for OJ probably. And Nicole. Oh yeah, I could call. <laughs> Don't ladies after they give birth want coffee more than anything? No, you can drink coffee now. You can. Yeah, you're allowed up to uh, 125 milligrams of caffeine. So a medium coffee at Tim Hortons is what you're allowed a day. No shit. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All and right. three glasses of wine. <laughs> okay, that last part I made up. Yeah, and half a bag of dirt. <laughs> I actually went to when I was pregnant with, I don't know, I have so many kids. A baby? Definitely a baby. Yeah. So there's over there, like there's a new, that new medical facility. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay, it's really close to here. Mm-hmm. But I went there and my doctor was a Francais. Oh. And I was like, like, I've goals. You can have up to a bottle of wine. He told me I could come drink. I swear on my child's That's life. Hilarious. And I was like, I can't come to this guy anymore. He's hilarious. like, he's like, why can't you have wine? And I was like, I'm making a spleen in here. <laughs> <laughs> I get a baby. <laughs> he's like, it's fine. Like, just don't overdo it. Everything in moderation. And I was like, oh my God. Okay, sir. <laughs> he's like, here's your baguette. It's leave. just Here's it's a got three baguette. small bottles of French cross in it. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1988, Justin Ryan Simpson was born. It was said that Nicole was born to be a mother. She was so protective of her children, it was almost to a fault. OJ said that she would never let anyone hold their kids, and she barely even let him hold them. Well, I mean, the second part's pretty smart. Yeah, no, agreed. Hardcore agree. <laughs> and I'm, this is coming straight from the mouth of somebody who's obsessed with OJ Simpson. <laughs> right. So when Nicole would, she would get down on the floor and she would play with her kids and she would read to them constantly. And when she would put them to bed, she would pray over them in German, mm. which may have been a bit alarming. <laughs> yeah, really. It's not a soft Listen, language. My husband is first generation German. Mm-hmm. So my kids are German. Mm-hmm. It's not a dainty language. <laughs> and some of the shit that they do to get their children to behave is downright alarming. Oh, yeah? Krampus? Oh, is that the bad Santa? That's the bad Santa. Yeah. And he does some crazy shit. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, it, it is a wild, wild... I don't know if it's Germany. It might be like the Netherlands or some Finland, maybe. There's a really- the Netherlands is where Tinkerbell's from. I think that's Never Neverland. Oh. <laughs> I'll have to check my map. <laughs> oh, these are the check, Dutch folk you... I'll, uh, I'll have to check my flat globe. <laughs> that's right. I said it. And I believe it. <laughs> there's a place... Uh, there's like footage, like a viral video of all these strollers outside in the cold. And it's like to get the babies acclimatized. Like so all the parents... They're in the... Vi- the strollers? Yeah. The children are in the strollers? Yeah. Outside? In the winter. And what? the parents are inside like getting their nails done or shopping and it's just a normal thing. This can't be real. It's real. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you from being mm-hmm. married to somebody who was raised by two very German parents... <laughs> <laughs> Their harsh parenting <laughs> strategies didn't work. <laughs> oh, yeah? They didn't work on them? No. So I, maybe I'll leave it. I'm out in the cold for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1989, though the two did have... Okay, so this is the only physical altercation that was known in the duration of their relationship. Really? Yes. So... We will come to find out there was more. Okay. This was the only one that was publicized during. I got you. So in hindsight, 
we did find out about a lot more that happened during the marriage, but not at yes. the time. I got you. I'm just repeating what you just said for some reason. You know what? Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> so on January 1st of 1989, there are two very different versions of this story. Interesting. Yeah. I'll bet you OJ looks better in his version oh, than no. in He's, This is a humble man. <laughs> in OJ's book, he claims that Nicole got physical with him and he pushed her. Mm-hmm. which led to her calling 911. After things had calmed down, OJ told Nicole that if he ever did anything like that to her ever again, he would tear up their prenup right in front of her. That's not really how it works, but... There's <laughs> <laughs> still a record. So I don't know. In 1989, is there a record? Like, uh, it might just be all paper. <laughs> I'm sure OJ's got it. You, Although uh, OJ had a cell phone. He had a it. cell phone. Yeah. Like, do you know how much a cell phone weighed back when OJ had one? Do you know... Okay, sorry, go ahead. 4.4 pounds. Four pounds, four ounces. When I started in radio in Collingwood in 2004. 2000? 2000. (laughs) It's the German in me. 2000? (laughs) uh, We had what was called a bag phone, which was essentially looked like a car phone in a bag with a giant battery, and I would throw it over my shoulder. Are you lying to me about your age? Uh, I am 42. No, 41. (laughs) How old am I? 1982? You're 41. 41. Are you sure? No, not anymore. (laughs) You're 41, she says. Thank you. Thanks for keeping track. It was just your birthday. (laughs) That is true. And you got me that sexy dance. That was really good. Yeah, yeah. It was... I mean, I don't know if I would have done the robot as much as you did in the nude, but it was still all right. (laughs) (laughs) The moonwalk? Yeah, you just That's that's my closer. (laughs) It's it's not even sexy. It's just naked dancing. It's not even sexy dancing. I did that thing like this. Yeah. Where the arm just hangs. There's a dead arm, and then you do the running man. No, I would do the running man. The (laughs) YMCA. Oh, my God. Oh, that's... Leaving me with a visual. Here's the big finale. Here's the chicken <laughs> dance. <laughs> so, yeah, Nicole called 911. He said he would tear up the prenup. Uh, Nicole would tell OJ that her friends were, after the fact, she would tell OJ that her friends were trying to convince her that she had been repeatedly battered, to which OJ was shocked. And he said, repeatedly battered? <laughs> and according to Nicole, she said, I know. I can't believe it either. They're trying to convince me that I'm a victim of abuse. Um, wow. That's a lot of, like, psychological damage in that whole exchange there. I also don't believe it ever happens, so let's not... Oh, yeah, you don't think that? Let's not be too worried. (laughs) Um, But there is a very different side to the story, according to arrest reports. Mm. (laughs) When cops arrived at the couple's residence that day, they found Nicole locked out of the house in just a bra and pants. OJ said to the police that they had been out there eight times before. Are you going to arrest me for this, he said? This is a family matter. Why do you want to make a big deal out of it when we can handle it? Wow. Mm-hmm. Just a piece of shit right from the start. Right off the hop. All right. The officers also said that Nicole kept saying, he's going to kill me. And she was covered in bruises and scratches and had a perfect handprint on the back of her neck from where he had slapped her with extreme force. Jesus. She even said to the officers, you never do anything about him. You talk to him, and then you leave. Yep, and probably in that conversation, listen, OJ, I hate to do this, but I got a couple of guys at work. We're, we are big fans. Can I just get a quick photo with you oh, real yeah. quick? Oh, yeah. And we're going to get into it further, so I really don't want to jump ahead. But, you know, do you know the whole racist cop aspect to the trial? 
Like Mark Furman? Yes, or, Mark Furman. Yes, yes, so, 100%. I never used that word. He, and then the judge's wife interviewed him? Yeah, well, so he was said to have, when Marsha Clark showed up at OJ's house, and OJ was already gone because he had gone with the two detectives to go and do his interview, she said that he went outside and OJ had this big gold statue of himself holding a helmet that he had been awarded. Yeah. And she said that his face was in awe. Like, he was looking at a hero. And it was just like, for somebody who apparently Mm -hmm. was saying all these racist things, like, he still idolized OJ. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Because he's probably, like, super racist and is like, entertain me, black guy. (laughs) Right? Like, that's how these assholes think. (laughs) That's how I think they think, anyway. Yeah, that's how, in my mind... That's what they're the thinking. Plus, celebrity trumps everything. Like you, like people just get enamored. Also, OJ wasn't um, like he really leaned into the black community when this all happened, mm-hmm. but he leaned far out of it before this all happened. Like, oh, really? Yeah, we will get into it. But like, they staged his house for the jury. They took down all of his like white, white stuff. Yeah, whatever that would be. I'll tell you. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. The white things like craft dinner and <laughs> yeah, it's the just boxes a, of craft. Just dinner. a lot of ketchup. <laughs> Seinfeld DVDs. <laughs> okay, so you you work a, a hot dog stand. That's correct. Do white people eat ketchup more than normal, like everyone else? <laughs> um, let's see. White people like, and then do you want to put all other races versus white people? Well, in this? yeah, everybody thinks that like we just slather everything with. Ke- I mean, I personally do, so I can stand I mean, by that. It's probably not a great cross section. Number one, I'm not observant enough to note. Fair, like, but fair. also, you're not I, even sure I'm here right now. Plus, I, <laughs> I would say that I am in a ketchup heavy industry to begin with. Oh, right, you're in the, in the ketchup so, biz. Yeah, it's not like a, a a restaurant that's got a vast menu. Right. Ketchup and a hot dog go hand in hand. So yes. it is our number one condiment. Of course. No surprise to any of us. In my house as well. <laughs> I made my kids grilled cheese sandwiches yesterday, <laughs> and I put a blob of ketchup on my plate, and I was like, Olivia, you want some of my ketchup? And she's like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, though, about like people that don't speak English. One of the most fascinating things down there is how many people can't say the word drink or pop or soda, but no Coke. Really? And that is the one of the most fascinating branding success stories in the world. Well, Coke is better than Pepsi. But I <laughs> Do you have Pepsi too? Yeah, we do, yeah. <gasps> Look at you, eh? That's right. <laughs> That's right. If I go to a restaurant and I ask for a Diet Coke and they say, is Diet Pepsi okay? I say, no, I'll have wine. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'll have wine. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you just went from zero to 100. <laughs> uh, make that two glasses then. Oh, Shut yeah. up. <laughs> so... While talking to Nicole, OJ was able to slip out and they would pick him up later on. Like, during this altercation, OJ was able to do what OJ does and he just ran away. Like, just... Just left the house. out there. Yeah, okay. And then they found him later on. They picked him up. Uh, He was sentenced. He could have been sentenced to 30 years for what he did to Nicole. 120. Yes. 120 hours of community service was what he got. And as well, he was supposed to see a therapist... But, of course, of his choice. Oh, of course. And I'm certain he... Sports psychologist or something. (laughs) Or he just probably paid off somebody to sign off on his hours. Yep. So, OJ isn't the kind of guy that would do something like that, though. That's the thing. Oh, right. Of course. Do we not know? Like, now we know, right, that this is a a sign of escalation. Like, 
domestic abuse is kind of the, that's where you start. Well. And then it just gets worse. It gets worse, yeah. So and Dr. No- Phil will always say, like, when a woman tries to leave her abuser, that is when you're, like, at most risk. Like, because it's all ending for them. It's all ending no for them. They have, they have they nothing have no to lose power. at that point. Yeah. One of the things that was super hard for me to get over was like victim blaming, like not knowing the ins and outs of domestic violence and just being on the outside being like, but why don't you just leave? Like if somebody hit me, I just leave. And that is so easy to say. And looking back, an extremely ignorant and dangerous statement because you just don't know. But you know when what happened to Nicole happened to Nicole, they were divorced and she was living at her own property. Yes. So she did leave. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he didn't let that happen. Yeah. I, I hope things are different now. I, I suspect than maybe a few more than other de- police departments, it's probably not the same, but maybe some. I love your rose-colored glasses way of looking at, like, <laughs> the justice system. <laughs> I know. I know. I know it's wrong. I know. I know, I know you that, say that, but in your heart of hearts, you I do believe, believe in, it. I yeah, do. I, I do know. believe in the system, and I, but I do know also that it is broken. But I, also, I, I, I don't think know. you know in your I head that to. it's broken, but in your heart. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. My heart and my brain are two different. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I want. I think because I I want to believe in a perfect system. Stay golden, pony boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. Oh boy. So Hertz Car Rental had gotten wind of the assault, and they were threatening to drop OJ, who was their uh, big mm-hmm. name now. He was their spokesman, but decided against it when Nicole herself got on the phone uh, and insisted to them that it was not that big of a deal. Uh, as the media was making it out oh to be. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Boy, what a change from nowadays. Eh? Like, any wind of this. Oh, yeah. Cancel. Oh, God. You're done. You're he even done. said, Yeah. I'm going to hit you. You're done. He'd be like, yep. That's it. They'd run him over with the rental car. With the Hertz rental car. <laughs> we killed OJ. <laughs> so, those are two very conflicting versions of the exact mm-hmm. same night. OJ has this incredible way of lying that if you didn't know who you were talking to, you would believe every word Uh that he says. There's a couple times in reading the book where I'm thinking to myself, come on, Nicole, just leave the guy alone. (laughs) And then I'm like, what the fuck am I fit? What? (laughs) I'm like, Nicole, chill. Like, (laughs) just get off his junk. And then I'm like, oh my God. I'm talking about Nicole Brown and OJ Simpson. Like, No, yeah, no. But it's just the way he writes even is just so... And the balls on him to write that. He's just a narcissist and an idiot, right? And like, he's not an overly intelligent guy. I don't be. know if he's overly... I don't think he's uh, unintelligent. I think Kardashian was intelligent uh, and would feed him. Because he was kind of his, well, allegedly, I think, his fixer. Well, Johnny Cochran didn't hurt his case either. Mm-hmm. He actually has this way of telling his version of things, and I've watched it firsthand multiple times because for two weeks now, that's all I've been doing is O.J. Simpson. Did you watch that Judith Regan, like, interview and stuff? Like, that, the, that um, publisher? TV special? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes with a knife at the end. <sighs> She's like, and then O.J. thought it would be funny to play a prank on me. Here's the prank. And he knocks on the door, and she answers it, and he's got a huge knife, and he's like, ree, 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 and like stabbing. It's like, Jesus. He's hilarious. OJ. OJ, you silly goose. Let's just say, let's say OJ is innocent. Let's just say, no. for this 
specific <laughs> conversation, OJ is completely innocent and all these were trumped up charges. It was all bullshit. Would you ever make that joke? <laughs> like, Although I will ever? say, I used to work at this restaurant. <laughs> yes. And uh, we had served a white chocolate brownie. Mm. And one of our guests bit into it and there was the tip of a latex glove Ooh. in there. And uh, so... They were understandably upset. Yeah. Their whole bell was comped and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But then the next time they came in, our GM, as before they even ordered, he sent out a white chocolate brownie and he put it on a latex glove. <laughs> like obviously <laughs> on a latex sent glove. It out. Yeah. Which is kind of the same thing as what OJ did. Yeah, I really I mean like <laughs> it, minus the murder. <laughs> what? Yeah, just very misguided. <laughs> like what did what was their response? Like I They I mean, thought it was hilarious. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, you know what, maybe you're G. Yeah, maybe that's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's not murder, so it's a little different. <laughs> I know, people are so uptight when it comes to murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people are so... Playing right. loose up. Um, Cancel culture, we got it. <laughs> so, OJ has this way of speaking to that person. Like, he makes them feel stupid. Like, I listen to him talk so many times, and, like, the way he reacts to people thinking... Okay, so, like, he'll say something, mm-hmm. and then if somebody counters it with something else, he'll be like, I couldn't even, like, da-da-da-da-da. Like, and he makes them feel dumb for even thinking that it could be any other way than the way he's spinning it. Listen, he's charming, and he's charismatic. Yes. And he's very charismatic. A narcissist. A narcissist. When you have a whole narcissist backing you. <laughs> wow. When you're a narcissist and kind of just general murderous piece of shit, that is all a dangerous combo. Yes, yes. It very much is. Very much so. No, I think very much is is fine. Okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, he is, and he's so charismatically. I hate to say it, but like watching him in his Hertz commercials and like all that kind of stuff, it's it's hard not to like the guy. I'm I'm with you 100, percent and this is so embarrassing and shame. But I, I watched those naked gun movies probably within the last month at the hot dog cart bragger, and um, <laughs> he is charming. He is terrific. <laughs> In those movies. And it is such a hard kind of yin and yang of OJ. Yes. Because yes. I don't know. I I I feel awkward laughing yeah. at him. With him, really. I don't feel awkward laughing at him. Yeah. But I feel awkward laughing with him in those movies. I watched in his appeal case for the 2007 crime. Mm-hmm. He went from trying to convince, like, the parole board of something... And then they shot back at him, like a, you know. Rebuttal or whatever. A, a rebuttal, yeah. And this is the first and only time I ever saw him do this, was he just went right into rage. Mm. And the guy that was trying to, like, confront him about something was like, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's, and he's trying to, like, still kind of, you know, challenge OJ, but in, like, the meekest way I've yeah. ever seen possible. But do you think maybe that's possible? Because that was your own Juice. Stuff? Excuse me, OJ. <laughs> Aren't all James? So, aside from that 1989 incident, Nicole and OJ were very low-key. They put on their happy faces out in public. OJ with his big smile. And Nicole, he would always hold her, like, right close. And she always looked absolutely stunning. But it only ever looked as though she was smiling with her mouth. Like, it was one of those things, like, you know when your eyes don't squint? Like, oh, smiles. Smiles. Yes. Did uh, you just make up that word? No, I think Tyra Banks did. 
Oh yeah, you have to she, smile American with Next your eyes. Sm- top model. She did talk about yeah. smiling with your eyes. Smiles. Yeah. And Let's see those smiles. Yeah, but <laughs> oh my god, is that good? We need a visual medium in here. Right like, Hi, hello. These it's are my. Me. <laughs> these are my smiles. Are you seduced? Uh, yes, yes, I am. That's nice. why I'm getting shifty in my chair. Nice. All right, well, <laughs> put that top back on. Let's get back to the pod. <laughs> I refuse. I, <laughs> no, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> you're not my mom and you never <laughs> will be. <laughs> so I did come across a lot pertaining to Nicole's weight. Her so, weight? Her weight. Okay. Uh, mainly during and after her pregnancies, OJ would say that he was very supportive of Nicole and that he always told her that she was beautiful. But according to OJ, at the wedding, Nicole's mom, Judita, told OJ not to let Nicole gain any weight because she would be miserable when she gained weight. But Nicole's best friend, Faye, said that until Nicole dropped the baby weight, OJ was awful to her. He would cheat on her constantly and would comment constantly about the way she looked. So again, it depends on who you believe. But Faye quoted Nicole, who apparently said, quote, OJ hates me when I'm pregnant. He treats me so badly. He uses it as an excuse to fool around with other women. And one of the main women that she was referring to was model and music video girl, Tawny Catan. No shit. Yes. Okay, can I ask you a question about baby weight? Yeah. Because I don't fully understand it. Is it because you have more of an appetite when you're pregnant and you eat more? Or is it because of like uterus and stuff is bigger? (laughs) I don't know. God bless you. I don't know. I'm just curious. Sweet little baby angel. I know. <laughs> and I hope that's not offensive. Like, it's not. Okay. It's not. Uh, I think it's, yeah, you definitely eat more. You, um, there's a, an absolutely wonderful <laughs> Mexican restaurant in Bradford. Mm-hmm. Mexicana? Uh, yes. Yes. And so I would get the combo for one, which comes with a burrito a quesadilla, um, a fajita, and a taco. Oh, my God. But I would always get the burrito. So the burrito would be about, I don't know, like kind of like a half a foot thing. Yeah. But then you could get it entree-sized, oh which would make it like this big. Like a 12-incher. Yeah. And so they had Mexican music in that night oh, that yeah. we were listening to. And uh, I finished that entire meal in two songs. Oh, like a mariachi band. Yes. Like where this, yeah. Yep. And like... To this day, I can't even get through the normal meal like that. Like, it's just like the baby requires so much food too, right? right. But it's like the baby gets all the nutrients and you get all the fat and bullshit. So, oh, really? Yeah, the baby takes all your nutrients. No, so then you're probably eating more. You might be, ch- maybe your body's chasing more nutrients. Yeah, like your no baby shit. takes all, like yeah, you're making okay. it. Listen, you're making bones spleen, gallbladder, bladder, like everything in your body, you're making that. Right, okay, yeah. (laughs) Whenever I get mad at my daughter, I'm like, I made your spleen. I made (laughs) your I will take it. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what a living donor is? You're about to be one. (laughs) She's seven. I'm killing it, apparently. (laughs) So, um, Nicole once found a pair of diamond stud earrings in the top drawer of OJ's dresser. And she estimated the earrings to be at least $20,000 earrings. Ooh, yeah, back in like the early 90s. So When diamonds were diamonds. <laughs> I don't know what the difference is. Well, now they make them in a lab. 
I guess uh, they were all anti- Don't say that. No, they were all anti those people dying for diamonds. Oh, my well. <laughs> and uh, she assumed that because her birthday was coming up, it was right around the corner, that those were probably a gift for her. Right, of course. Uh, but her birthday came and went. And while OJ did give Nicole a birthday present, it wasn't those earrings. Was it like a treadmill or something be- super insensitive? Yeah, something. <laughs> it's like Weight Watchers membership. It's like how to lose weight for dummies. <laughs> how do we go from having like, not an intelligent conversation, but I was just like, how does baby weight work? And now I'm like, hey, <laughs> like attacking her. <laughs> Don't you have like, did you see your sister go through it all? Yeah. Well, not really. I guess she's farther away. Yeah, right? and my, and my sister-in-law. Okay. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I guess I never really thought about it yeah, too much. Yeah, or they just finished having a baby and you'd be like, hey, why do you have all that now? Yeah, I was, <laughs> what's all that still? Like, okay, here's what I don't understand about another thing about giving birth. Like, why is the stomach still a pregnant stomach right after you give birth? Because. It, but what is that hardness? Is that the uterus? Yes, and yes. And then that has to go down? Yes. But not right so, away. Of course not. It's... Your womb, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's... It's pronounced room. <laughs> it's not a bed womb. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry, go ahead. I'm it's sorry. the baby's bed womb. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's hard. So, like, when you're pregnant, it's like there's a very, very clear difference from, like, a pregnant belly to, like, like, a, a chubby belly. belly. Like, yeah. it's not not the same. So, the, let's say, like, the day you You can give bounce birth. a nickel off of a pregnant belly. <laughs> the day you give birth. Is your belt, like your baby's done, you've got the chest-to-chest thing going on. and Skin-to-skin. Skin-to-skin. Is your stomach still hard? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And uh, mine, because all my three babies were C-sections. Nice. Don't say it. Atta be Matt. <laughs> Atta be boy. <laughs> he knows. So my, I didn't have to go through contractions, right? So right. like your, the contractions after the fact too will shrink your uterus down. But because my babies were pulled out of me, mm-hmm. it usually took me about a week to get back. And it's, there's nothing, you know, you have a new baby. So it's like, great, I have a beautiful, healthy baby. But physically, there's no worse feeling in the world. Oh, re- yeah. You're a mess. Everything's a mess, like top to bottom. And Emotions. Then it's, on, oh, yeah. And on day three, they always say to you, on day three, you will cry. Day three, just having your baby. Just having your baby. They're like, day three, prepare yourself. You're going to cry. Yeah. And so when my sister just had her baby, I said, day three, you're going to cry. Just Mm -hmm. mark my words. And Haley's like, yeah, okay. She did not anticipate crying whatsoever. And then on day three, she's like, I cried all day. (laughs) (laughs) And there's no reason for it. It's just your hormones release on a certain time. And it's it's not fun. Yeah. But I mean, they're fine. It's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. Like that's your reward. Yeah, then you of get doing to, the most, the most incredible, fucking craziest, the, radical. The biggest thing in reward the world. in the world is now I get to get you juice seven hundred and fifty-four times a day. <laughs> what a miracle! Yeah, Ugh. yeah. And you know what my kids are famous for too is they love, love, love to wait. Like I serve them all food, get yeah. them all everything that they need, mm-hmm. and then. The second, like, so they're usually eating for a good 15 minutes while I put away, like, you know, pots and pans and whatever. And then I sit down. The second I sit down, one of them wants something and they want me to get back up. And I'm like, can you please just ask me from now on when I'm up and I'm doing something? But yeah, that's enough about my kids. Get back to this god awful case. (laughs) So yeah, 
Nicole didn't get those earrings. And she was telling this to Faye. And Faye reluctantly told her that Tawny Catan had been flashing her new diamond earrings and bragging that OJ had gifted them to her. I think it's Catan. Catan. Tawny Catan. You might be right. But I don't know. I only know her from, I think, The Surreal Life. Really? Yeah, she was on The Surreal Life. She was like the, the music video girl. Yeah, like Poison. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the Trans Am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she passed away recently, too. Yeah. What a downer. Thank yeah. you. Oh. What a downer on this so, so, so far uplifting <laughs> podcast. Well, you told me about Barbara <laughs> Walters last week, so. Oh, my God. That was <laughs> one of the highlights I'm like, of can you life. talk? I'm looking this up. Oh. And you're like, I don't want to talk. I don't even want to live anymore. <laughs> oh, my God. That sense. <laughs> you were like <laughs> so bent out of shape that we oh, not I knowing about it. Barbara Walters. I love it. <laughs> so, again, though. That side of the relationship was not known to the public for many years, and for that reason, it came as a surprise when Nicole and OJ filed for divorce on February the 25th of 1992, citing irreconcilable differences, mm. which I get. Can't put asshole in there. <laughs> Abusive shit stain. Mm-hmm. Future murderer yeah. of me. Nicole would move into a four-bedroom, five-bathroom house. Uh, it was a two-story Spanish-style home in Brentwood. Because OJ did have a prenup, Nicole would only be entitled to half of his earnings during their marriage. Uh, Nicole would be awarded a lump sum of $450,000, $10,000 a month in child support. Wow. Yeah. And he had to pay for her new home. The couple would continue to have a tumultuous relationship even after divorce. According to OJ, he started hearing that Nicole was going out all the time and she was hanging out with the wrong crowd. And drinking and doing drugs up until the early morning hours, having random hookups. But Faye Resnick, who I've mentioned already, mm-hmm. would contradict a lot of this. And she wrote a book as well that I read. And between her and OJ, they could not be telling two different versions of the same story if they were trying to. Oh, really? Yes. Now, do you know who Faye Resnick is? I do not. So she's a friend on the Beverly Hills Housewives. Oh, okay. So she is actually... Chris Jenner's best friend. Okay. Chris Jenner officiated her marriage. Oh, cool. And she's friends with Kyle Richards from The Housewives. So I've seen her before quite a bit. Right. And so she wrote this book and it was called Nicole Brown Simpson. And it based and it came out during the court case. So Marsha Clark had to go out and get the book and then hand it out to like her prosecution yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And they all had to read it and see what they were wow. up against. Yeah. So Faye did not deny that Nicole was finally letting her hair down a bit, as she'd been known Tough as... To blame her. Yeah, right? 17 years old. Like, yeah. she wasn't even legal to drink for four mm-hmm. years before... Wasn't she, even legal to date OJ. No, <laughs> no. Nobody should be legal to date OJ. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> she would be known as Mrs. OJ Simpson for 15 years at this point. Wow. And she was only 17 when she had met him. She did not know who she was outside of being OJ's woman. And that is something that both Faye and OJ actually did agree on in their books. That she had no identity. That she had no identity. And that's kind of what she said to both of them was that she just, she wanted to find herself. Hmm. Faye also said that OJ would frequently hide in the bushes and watch Nicole. Uh, They even gave it the name and would call it the Bush Syndrome. Oh my God. When she would find him, you know, huddling out there. I don't want to nitpick here. His name is OJ. They should have called it like the Orange Grove or something orange juice themed rather than Bush. Okay, I'll call. Well, I guess I only can call Faye. (sighs) The worst. You're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'll get in touch. I'll have her people call your people. <laughs> OJ's in the bushes again. <laughs> the Orange Grove. Yeah, just uh, we're getting uh, sprinklers installed in the Grove. <laughs> ah, my Bruno Molly shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but OJ would soon move on to Paula Barbieri. Okay. Do you know who she is? Oh, yeah. Paula, Paula Barbieri? No, I do no. not. Paula Barbieri? I need to know when you're lying to oh. me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, she's very beautiful. She was um, an erotic Dance. film actress. Oh. Yes. That's how I know her. Yeah. Well, you for sure do. You're like, actually, I have that poster on my wall. It's like, I'm more of a faces guy than a names guy. I have to look her up. Naked booty guy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she was a beautiful actress. And Nicole, too, did not have any issues getting men's heads to turn. No doubt. Well, on a getaway in Aspen, Colorado, Nicole would meet the man now referred to as the most famous house guest. Kato, <laughs> yeah, my <that's>, boy. <laughs> he's cute, eh? I, he's just, I don't know. I think he's a little fucked up, but he's just kind of like a charming he's like dum-dum. He's dum. like a surfer dum-dum. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This man's name was Brian Kalen, but he would go by his nickname, Kato. They would hit it off, and at a later date, Kato was invited to a house party at Nicole's house when he noticed that she had a really nice guest house. And he asked her if anybody lived there, and she said no, and that she was just using it for storage. And he asked her if he could live there. <laughs> you know what's funny? Of all the years, I, I... You never knew why he was there. No, I thought he was at OJ's. Yeah, you're right. He was with Nicole initially. Oh, okay, okay, And then okay, she okay. Moved, she'll move into a smaller house. Oh, okay, because I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my God, he was at her house at the time. But uh, that's how OJ knew him. He met, yes. he was with friends, he was friends with Nicole. Which is shocking that OJ... Allowed that? Yes. Yes, and that is, I think, why he wanted him to move into his guest house um, for free. Mm. <laughs> because, okay, I'll touch on it. All right. So he asked her if he could live there, and she said, sure, as long as you clean it out. And the two settled on the deal that Cato would pay $500 a month, but would be awarded credits on his rent if he helped out with child care and other chores. It's pretty good. A little Miss Doubtfire action. I, I would be very fearful of leaving my children with some <laughs> random guy I just met in Aspen. Cato. <laughs> um, but in January of 1992, Nicole would downsize her home, which meant either Cato would be homeless or he would continue to live at Nicole's just in closer quarters. Mm. So, of course, at just the thought of this, OJ offered to let Cato stay in one of his three guest houses. <laughs> guest house? What a concept. Right? And they're, like, attached. Like, it's like a townhouse. Like, yeah, like a wing. Yeah. So his daughter, Arnell, stayed in the furthest, which was the biggest guest house, and he told Cato that he was welcome to stay in one of the others, and he could stay rent-free, but if things ran their course and OJ asked him to leave, he would have to leave quietly. Cato found that to be more than fair. Yeah. OJ's Rockingham property was gorgeous, and he may have retired from football, but he was also now the very well-known spokesperson for Hertz Car Rental. He was a sports broadcaster. He had a number of smaller acting roles, and it was not as though he was only left to rely on his $300,000 a year pension. pension. So thank heavens, because who could possibly live like that? <laughs> and again, I don't want to praise OJ too, too much, because again, a piece of shit. But I think that he would have had an amazing career as an actor. You think so? I, I, absolutely. As a comedic actor, I thought his timing was incredible. Was he in Ace Ventura? OJ? No. Uh, I think Tone Loke was in Ace Ventura. But OJ, I don't think so. Okay. I don't believe so. Might have been after the murders. 
Dan Marino yes, was, yes, in, okay, yeah, um, yeah. was in Ace Ventura. Yes, I know that. But he was a quarterback, not a running back. None of that not makes even, any. <laughs> is there a hunchback? I don't. There I don't is. know anything about it. He's the worst player on the team. <laughs> yeah. He's very slow for some yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it takes forever to get him down from the bell tower. <laughs> in the summer of 1992, Nicole and Faye were on a ski hill in Aspen again, when once again Nicole caught the eye of a man by the name of Keith Zalomzowicz. When Keith saw Nicole, he turned to his friend and said, that is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Mm. Uh, the two got to chatting, and he made Nicole feel very comfortable while talking to him. And she started opening up to him about her recently ended marriage and about the abuse that she had suffered at the hands of her ex-husband. She mentioned that he was an ex-football player. And Keith said, hey, what's his name? Maybe I know him. And Nicole said, oh, you know him. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. Uh, the two continued on with their flirty relationship, and one night, Nicole had Keith back at her place. Her kids were asleep upstairs, and she and Keith began fooling around on the couch. There's no doubt that this happened. Both sides have admitted to it, but in OJ's version, he just happened to be driving by, and I imagine him just, like, unknowingly being like, oh, shit, I think I'm in Nicole's neighborhood. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, I think that's her house. Hang on a second. Where am I what going? What are they doing? What's going on here? Who's that car? <laughs> so it was either that or he was creeping around in the bushes uh, in the orange grove. My girl. When he saw Nicole and Keith fooling around and he said that he could not shake the idea of his kids waking up to find their mother with some stranger. So OJ went to the door, banged on it aggressively and ran away. Okay, good. It's like the grown man version of Nikki Nikki Nine Doors. <laughs> he would tell Nicole the next day that it was him who banged on the door and that a mother should not be doing these types of things. Because as we all know, OJ would never put his children in a position of walking in on something so unsavory. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little tongue-in-cheek for I anybody love, who knows the case. <laughs> I love OJ. Yeah. He's so concerned over his kids. You know, taking their mother away forever. No problem. I While they were sleeping upstairs. Yeah, Jesus. Wait, they were home? Oh, yeah. During the murder? Oh, yeah. I did not know that. One hundo. Oh, Jesus. Well, where'd you think they were? With him? <laughs> Yeah, I guess I never thought about it. I never even... You know, um, Sydney and Justin were there. Wow. Yeah, they had to be escorted out the back of Nicole's condo so that they did not stumble upon... The front with the National Enquirer photo shoot going on. Yes. On Thanksgiving of 1992, it had been discussed through their lawyers that for the first year, Nicole and OJ would spend... Thanksgiving and Christmas together so that the kids had time to settle into their new reality. Okay. It's a terrible idea, but I'm, I'm <laughs> listening. So they had discussed everything down to what side dishes the kids liked and what size of turkey OJ should get. They were going to spend it at his Manhattan apartment, and then they would spend Christmas in L.A. But two days before Thanksgiving, according to OJ, Nicole called and said that they would not be coming to New York to spend the holiday with him. OJ according to OJ, understandably upset by this. He had all of their plane tickets already paid for and everything was ready to go. And he even changed his work schedule. He was supposed to be in Detroit, but he wanted to spend the holidays with his kids so that he, it all had to be, you know, rearranged. Out, yeah. According to OJ, <laughs> Nicole refused to give him a real reason as to why they would not come. And he yelled at her saying that they had come to this agreement through their lawyers and in front of a judge but Nicole did not care, and she hung up on OJ, according to OJ. 
Do you think that she got a little leery when he became obsessed with carving the turkey? <laughs> and do you think OJ's a phenomenal turkey carver? Like, was that the first red flag? Matt, so, no. <laughs> wow, OJ, that was impressive. Oh, thank you. That's your friend Twitter OJ here just, just carved your turkey. <laughs> he said, he would later say that uh, it was because she was having a falling out with her latest beau. Mm. But OJ, you got to take everything he says with as the gospel. Yeah, yeah, yes, he is for a sure, the gospel. Teller. Yeah, the, gotcha. If you disbelieve anything out of OJ's mouth, <laughs> you're the fool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, one thing that should be noted here is OJ has the utmost respect for a judge's ruling. So that's you know okay. Yep. All right. I, I would have thought differently. Thank you for setting me no, straight. No, I'm okay. here to tell you just the facts on the juice. Ah, you're the best. <laughs> um, juice fact. Did you see I brought you donuts? <gasps> you did. Yeah. Powdered donuts. Do you not like powdered donuts? I do love powdered Everybody. Whoa. Did your teeth clench? Yeah, a little bit. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Give me that pouty D. That sounded uh, like I wanted a pouty penis. That's <laughs> not what I was asking. Oh, my God. Although this might come out in June, which is Pride Month, so uh, whatever. <laughs> I'm not embarrassed about who I am. <laughs> so, OJ went right to his lawyers, who in turn went to Nicole's lawyers, who decided because of this breach, OJ would now be able to spend Christmas with his kids alone at whatever location he liked. Uh, and, yeah. There's so much wrong <laughs> with all of it. <laughs> there's so much wrong here. Yes. <laughs> OJ, just leave. Yeah, OJ, just please fuck off for a little Ugh. bit. <laughs> Abusers um, have too many rights. I wish I was running the country and I've, the world. I've said a time and a time again mm -hmm. that I also wish you were running the world. Yes. I'd be like, oh, you think it's cool to smack around people? Guess what? In jail, 10 years. I think that you have a pretty good grasp on like right and wrong, but also you're just the right amount of lazy that we would be able to do stuff that we yes. probably should Yep. And there would be no attractive people in jail. <laughs> So OJ wouldn't go to jail. He's a handsome dude. No. All, all guys are ugly. <laughs> <laughs> all guys are going to jail in my world. All guys, regardless if they commit a crime, jail. So it's just you and a bunch of hot chicks running around. Yeah. <laughs> and unlike other world leaders, I will admit that that is my goal in achieving power. So will I they think, just do I it? think Trump might have admitted that too, actually. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so OJ decided that he wanted to celebrate Christmas in New York. Uh, he would send his daughter Arnell to pick up Sydney and Justin and bring them back to his luxury apartment on December 21st. And Nicole had decided that she would go to stay with her parents in Florida so that she would not be alone on the holiday. But on December 23rd, Nicole would call OJ begging and crying, according to OJ, to come and be with her kids on Christmas. And OJ, being the great guy that he is, thought to himself, and this is a quote from OJ, life's too short to hold grudges. Oh my God. Why is he a Southern belle in your <laughs> eyes? Why was he on the show Designing Women? He's like, oh my word. Yeah. Life is just too short to be holding grudges. <laughs> your impression of Blanche Devereaux and OJ are the same. When have you ever heard my impression of Blanche? All the time. You're like, I do declare. I do declare. You're like, oh, Dorothy. <laughs> God, I didn't know I let that slip as much as I do. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but uh, he arranged for Nicole to fly to Manhattan. He bought her ticket, but he told her he would be putting her up in a hotel because he was with Paula now. And he wouldn't do anything to disrespect his relationship that he had with Paula. I do not want to disrespect my relationship with the porn star that I'm currently seeing. Okay, first and foremost, your OG impression sounds a lot like... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know who it sounds like, the, but it's my, not OJ. My only OJ thing I can do is, hello, Twitter world. Well, you do it really good. Yeah, that's yeah. the only... And can you do a little Beatles for us? Uh, hello, Twitter world. How are you doing? It's me, OJ from Liverpool. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Don't you know it? I love your, your Beatles. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he said he didn't want to disrespect his uh, relationship with Paula. Nicole agreed, but OJ further elaborated in his book, saying that Paula would not be with him during Christmas, but Nicole did not know that. And regardless of if she was going to be there or not, he would not devalue his relationship with Paula by allowing his ex-wife to stay in his apartment. He just didn't feel right about it. I love it. O.J. Simpson, respectful of women. <laughs> O.J. Simpson for president. Uh, uh, Heard it here first. Uh, uh, I think O.J. needs a slow clap at this point because master maturity, yeah. you know, he's understanding, he's respectful. Mm-hmm. After what was described by O.J. as a wonderful holiday spent as a family... O.J. said that they had put the kids to bed and Nicole poured herself a glass of wine and sat down on the couch in O.J.'s apartment. She, according to O.J., asked him what had happened to them, what had gone so horribly wrong. Bullshit. (laughs) That they were now divorced. O.J. said he was trying to keep it brief because his girlfriend Paula was already mad at him and not answering his calls since he told her that Nicole was spending the holidays with him and the kids. Uh, Nicole finished the conversation by saying that she is a complete mess now. Listen, a couple things. Number one, uh, porn stars getting jealous. That's uh, a tough sign. <laughs> <laughs> she's really beautiful, too. Paula Barbieri, she's got this. Remember Felicity, that big curly? Yeah, beautiful. when she changed her hair. Yeah, Paula Barbieri has that hair, mm-hmm. and like she's got these big, big blue eyes. She's very beautiful. I mean, a girl in high school looked like Felicity, and she had the hots for me, and I <laughs> screwed it up. Yeah, no big deal. Oh, God. Do you need to talk about it? No, I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you screw it up? Um, it was in the days of like MSN. Sorry, I just hit a mouse on one of the computers in the radio studio that we work at. I'm just making sure I didn't. We're just, we're on air. Big 101. <laughs> okay, good. Nick. We're not on the air. Brian I'm still playing. That would be amazing, though. Imagine. If the pod just went on the air, all of a sudden it's Brian I when you're gone. We're like, and then OJ Simpson. And uh, then somebody <laughs> caught wind of it and we became like the podcast for Big 101. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Brian Adams all of a sudden wants to sign a deal to play our intro song. <laughs> Everything's scary. Everything is a so tell me, how did you screw it up? With yeah, so week? it was MSN, and I guess she didn't have an account, and her brother had an account that she would use sometimes, and I never knew when it was her or him, and I was probably... So you messaged him and said you loved him, and... Yeah, it was way too accessible. <laughs> like, there was no playing game. I'm still in the same. There's no playing. There's no hard to get. <laughs> I am not hard to get. I don't play hard to get. I'm very easy to obtain. You heard it here first, ladies. <laughs> Just I, open that door and he's walking through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, but that was it? I was too available. Yeah. You were too available. I think you got to play it cool. I don't play it cool. I'm not cool. I don't know how to play it cool. Okay. 
Yeah, so I was just like, I love you. She's like, wow, I made you on. And then it was her brother, and he was like, I, I love I, you too. Maybe I love you too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, man, you are so sexy. I want to kiss you all over. He's I like, love yeah, your cool. curly hair. He's like, I don't have curly hair, he's but like, I love you too. Yeah, he's like, thanks. I just got a buzz cut. <laughs> I'm on my way to hockey practice. Yeah, baby. Yeah, you are. <laughs> oh, God. So over the next little while, OJ had barely talked to Nicole. She did call once after a few months and contacted him to say that she was in therapy and was really working on herself. OJ said, and I quote, I told her we both fucked up, being generous. There is no way OJ thinks he did anything no, wrong. No, that's why he said being generous. In his life. He, he, you know, didn't want Nicole to be, put herself out there when. I think OJ thinks the whole world's against him. <sighs> Poor OJ. Poor OJ. Such a shame, you know? Dick. Uh, It should be noted that it later would be revealed that the therapist's notes did not reflect anything of what he said in that conversation (laughs) took place. Like, he said that she said that she was really working on herself and Mm -hmm. that she she screwed up everything. And the therapist was like, no. No, she's working on herself? Yeah. Yeah, she's working on herself, but you fucked up everything. Yeah. Uh, she's trying to put herself back together after you emotionally and psychologically abused her. And physically, her. physically. Oh, Don't yes. Physically. Uh, right, of course. The most <laughs> famous abuse of all for the OJ family. Another funny contradiction is Marcus Allen. Oh, yeah? Do you know him? Uh, Marcus Allen is a... Was he a Toronto Argonaut or that was his LA brother? LA Raider. Okay, so his brother was a Toronto Argonaut. He's a big football guy. They're all big football guys. Yeah. Football guys? Football? Football. I, uh... Are you a pro? You, have you gone pro in football? <laughs> Are you still keeping your amateur status for the fuckball Olympics? <laughs> the Olympics. Yes, yes. I they don't take pros in fuckball for the what, Olympics. It's going to be 2024 that the next Olympics is, right? Yeah. Oh, God, I better For those start. that don't know, fuckball is a combination <laughs> of, uh, well, it's new pickleball, essentially. I got to, I really got to get to practicing. <laughs> <laughs> fuckball. He's a fuckball star. <laughs> Another funny contradiction is Marcus Allen was, at the time, one of two of OJ's BFFs. He called them his BFFs. They were, like, he had the necklaces. It was, like, oh, with the heart. Half. And, yeah, and they get the other side of it. Yeah. Who's yeah. the other one? Al Cowlings? No. Yeah, Al It Cowlings. was Al Cowlings? Look at you. Uh, I, know, I know a thing or two about a yeah, thing or two. you know about football. You know about oh, I know. AC. <laughs> <laughs> so Marcus was one of his BFFs. He played for the LA Raiders. Al Cowling being the other BFF, and we'll we'll get into him pretty soon. Yeah, probably one of the most famous drivers in the world. Yeah, well, I mean, aside from myself. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But OJ said that the only person who was hanging around both of them, meaning him and Nicole, was Marcus. Now, in OJ's book, he said that Nicole was keeping Marcus around and that she was telling him things like how much she missed OJ and how she was just wondering if they could get back together. OJ claims that at that point, Marcus wasn't telling him anything, so he did not know of Nicole's desire to get back together. But in her book, Faye Resnick would say that even when Nicole and OJ were together, she could see a spark in Nicole's eyes whenever she was talking to Marcus Allen. What was Faye's motivation behind the book to get... It's the only thing I can think of if you're writing a a, a book about your friend, first of all, is a big red flag for me. But in this scenario, I almost feel like Nicole's voice wasn't heard. And it was kind of Faye's way of getting her story out there that wasn't being told. Or do you see it differently? Uh, see, it's it's really hard to say because I know of Faye after the fact. Mm-hmm. And I do know her to be 
kind of opportunistic opportunistic really yes and one whole chapter in Faye's book is like oh good lord so she tells us all about her house and all about the layout of her house and all this kind of stuff and then she says that she woke up at like three o'clock in the morning one night and she went into her bathroom and she like poured herself a bath and then like her husband at the time who's now her ex-husband she's like he walked in and like I had all these candles lit and it was like 3 30 in the morning and she's like and I was lying in like a bath covered in rose petals And he walked in and he was like, this is the most sensual thing I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, why is this in this book? (laughs) Yeah. And then I'm like. The book's title, by the way, correct me if I'm wrong. Nicole Brown Simpson. (laughs) Fuck. But I'm like, good thing you didn't walk in like 15 minutes later when you're in your house coat and like your ass is hanging out and you're picking up all these billions of rose petals petals out of your fucking tub. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know, but she did say at the end of the book that a percentage of the um, profits would be going to the brown children. Mm -hmm. So she did get, but there's there's things that I left out of here because I don't know how true they are, but it's in the book that she says that like her and Nicole did hook up. Oh. Yes. Mm. So it's a really short book too. Like it's like... Send me that chapter, would you? I'll send you all the chapters and you have to listen to the whole thing to get to the hookup. I hate it here. (laughs) (laughs) You kick over here, garbage. (laughs) Yeah, I'm leaving. (laughs) Your own fucking podcast. Yeah, so it is a lot of it's very self-serving, sure. but she does get Nicole's point out a lot. To, so it's a, a mix. And it came out when the trial was happening. So it was like wild. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I do know that on the Housewives of Beverly Hills, she's Kyle's friend and most of the other housewives hate her. Hmm. So that's okay. my takeaway from Faye Resnick. All right. Just curious. Thank you. You're welcome. I really didn't answer your question, but <laughs> you kind of did. Yeah, it was a little bit of both. A little yeah. self-serving, but also getting the voice, yeah. making sure that her friend's voice is heard. I don't know if I would have called the book Nicole Brown Simpson if I'm yeah. going to talk about my husband fucking me in a bathtub of rose petals. <laughs> but I mean, call me crazy. You know, I never thought I would have to hear you talk about your husband fucking you in a bathtub of rose petals. But here we are. <laughs> By the way, sex in a bathtub does not work. No, and you can get a pretty serious infection. <laughs> mm-hmm. and especially if you try to stand up and you get the tap right across your lower back. Jesus <laughs> scraper. Is this like you're having it in one of those small little like standard baths? Yeah, that's right. Not a soaker, nothing. Not a claw foot. <laughs> Just a tiny bathtub. <laughs> move over. You move over. <laughs> Felicity. Yeah, Felicity. You can just put it on my face. Why's your brother in here? I see. He said you want invited him. I was so confused. <laughs> They're the same MSN name. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, so. All right. Faye said bathroom. that she saw that sparkle in Nicole's eyes when she talked about Marcus Allen. She said that it was even obvious when OJ was standing right there, and around this time, Nicole and Marcus started being intimate with each other. What? So OJ is like, you know, Nicole's just out there and she's telling, I don't know where he is now. (laughs) He is from Texas now. Ah, some of me, OJ (laughs) Sampson. But he's like, yeah, you know, she's telling him how much she loves me and misses me and wants to get back together. And Marcus is like, that's not what we're doing when we're together. She ain't telling me that. (laughs) So Nicole would say that Marcus was the only other man who was 
able to sexually satisfy her. Whoa. What does that mean? Bingo bongo. Bingo bongo. (laughs) But OJ would even say that Nicole, like, so OJ's talking about how, like, you know, hard eyes Nicole is for him right now. Mm -hmm. And he would say that Nicole had even burnt him a CD of Awful of Love Ballads. Bullshit. Bullshit. Love ballads, man. There is no way an adult ever burned a CD for another adult. Yeah, in it had history. truly, madly, deeply on oh it. Oh my! I I'll wanna be your dream. I'll with. be your wish. I'll <laughs> oh be your fantasy. Oh God! <laughs> had Soul Decision. Ooh, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> and then Hey Macarena for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, red flag was when he had Brian Adams cuts like a knife, and nobody <laughs> said anything. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Na 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 You're on a Brian Adams kick today, eh? Na na. Yeah, that's right. I am. <laughs> the Canadian alt rock. So Nicole rock. had taken to sending things over like this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes baked goods. And one time OJ was planning on taking a trip to Cabo uh, the next day for work. So he would have the kids over to his house that night. Mm. Uh, just have some quality time with them before he left. And when they showed up, they had yet another package for him. And in it, was their wedding tape and a letter. When he went out to greet his kids, he noticed Nicole standing outside. Nicole wanted to talk, so OJ went on a walk with her around the neighborhood. Apparently, during that walk, Nicole kept telling him that she was still pining for him. Uh, She said that she was still in love with him and had been working on herself in therapy, and she wanted to make their family work again. Mm -hmm. According to OJ, he wanted to let her down easily. He was happy with Paula. He had moved on. After Nicole left, OJ went back into the house and he read the letter that she had sent over. And I'm going to read you a little bit of that letter according to OJ. According to the juice. During the visit, Nicole seemed to have had something change in her, according to OJ. She started off by saying that it was her fault that their relationship had fallen apart. And she said, this is in quotes, I always knew what was going on between us was just about me. I wasn't sure why it was about me, so I just blamed you. I'm the one that was controlling. I wanted you to be faithful and be a perfect father, and I wasn't accepting of who you are because I didn't like myself anymore. I want to love you, hold you, cherish you. I'll love you forever and always. And she signed it me. I mean, first of all, it sounds like something a toddler would write. Yeah. I want to love you and hold you and cherish you until the end of time. Tickles. <laughs> I want to have tickles. I want you to be faithful. Yeah. Call me crazy. No, she didn't say that. She said, I wanted you to be faithful. Yes. How outrageous of but me. But knowing that you cannot be faithful. Yeah. Uh, Give $20,000 earrings to someone. Mm. So, I'm, uh, didn't Taylor write a song about that? I'm the problem. It's me. Yeah. Hello. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me. I've got unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Keep in mind, the bar is pretty low, I think, for (laughs) dating OJ. (laughs) Sounds pretty open shut. OJ was the best in basically everything (laughs) Nicole was doing was to destroy it at any cost. Yep. The next day, OJ dropped off the kids at Nicole's. He ended up going to Cabo. Remember, he was going on that family Mm -hmm. trip or the work trip. And uh, he ended up having to come back early due to the death of his friend, Billy Keyhole. And of course, according to OJ, uh, Nicole was the very first person that he saw at the funeral home. Mm. They gave their condolences, and then OJ and Nicole went out to lunch together. OJ said that at this lunch, Nicole started crying, and she told OJ that Marcus Allen was not a friend to him. Oh. 
and she ended up coming clean about the relationship that she was having with Marcus. OJ said that she was crying and was causing a scene, so he motioned for the check and they left. OJ would say that a lot of guys would have lost their minds, but not the juice. No, very um, calm, cool, collected. My next line in here is he was cool and collected. Yay, you forgot (laughs) calm, you moron. (laughs) (laughs) He just drove her to her car. He said that he expressed to her that he was very upset about this, um, but that they were no longer married and it was not his problem. Hmm. He told her that this is why he wasn't speaking to her as much lately because there was always something to get a rise out of him. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. in Facebook, she said that after Nicole had brought up getting back together, OJ sat her down and made her list out all of the men that she had been intimate with. Oh, wow. Nicole told him that this was playing a very dangerous game and divulging her sex life while they were apart could prove to do more harm than good. Yes. Yes, it would. But OJ continued to insist that he needed this. Oh, my God. To be able to move on and forward with their relationship. So Nicole begrudgingly obliged, and when it got to Marcus, OJ absolutely exploded and said, if you're ever with Marcus again, I'll, I don't know what I'll do, but it'll be bad, and I won't be able to control myself. Hmm. Sounds like OJ. Uh, It would be par for the course. (laughs) Uh, and from there forward, whenever they would fight about anything at all, OJ would bring up Marcus. <laughs> uh, after all of that, the couple decided that they were going to give it another try. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Which seems like a smart plan. OJ. OJ broke up with Paula, and he told her that he was giving his relationship with Nicole a year. And if they were able to get back on track, and if things went back to being bad again, at least he could say that they gave it Tried. a whirl. They started the trial year on Mother's Day of 1992, which was Sunday, May 14th. The couple had discussed living arrangements, and according to OJ, he wanted to live separately for the trial year and see if things worked between us. He would then have her and the children move in with him permanently if things were to work out. Faye said in her book that she witnessed OJ's explosions on more than one occasion throughout the year. She said that Nicole told her that O.J. was doing cocaine and drinking heavily. Whoa. And of course, in O.J.'s book, he would say that Nicole and Faye were doing drugs and partying so hardcore that people would often approach O.J. and tell him that he would need to get Nicole into rehab because her addictions were spinning out of control. Oh, Jesus. O.J. so concerned. (laughs) O.J. said that luckily for him, it was around this time that he was cast for the Naked Gun trilogy. And that kept him busy a lot. So Nicole was pushed to the very back of his mind. That brings us to October of 1993. You're just going to gloss over his career as Nordberg? One line? Go ahead. This is all you because I've never watched it. Go. (laughs) Is it great? Is it the best? I mean, listen, it's a small character, but he's in all three movies and he he holds his own with Leslie Nielsen and George... uh, Jackson. No. Uh, you know what? I don't know. It's just he's got good timing. He's got a good look to him. No, he's, he's a good looking man. And I, it's just he plays a funny bumbling cop, which is hilarious that he played a cop and then have all this issues with the cops. <laughs> but whatever. You're, speaking of cops, you're wearing your NYPD shirt today. Yes. Um, I got this NYPD t-shirt at Value Village <laughs> whenever I wear it at the... Um, 
It's bought at the NYPD store in New York City, apparently. But whenever I wear it at the hot dog cart, people ask me if I'm undercover. And I say, I'm wearing a police t-shirt. <laughs> You're what? the worst undercover ever. Yeah. Like, you feel that I'm an undercover cop working a hot dog cart with a police t-shirt? Okay. You're arrested, asshole. Okay? No sauerkraut for you. That's that's right. Um, so... This brings us to October of 1993 and the infamous nine... Do you know... You want to know something sad and pathetic about me? Um, yes. Okay. I probably already know it, but go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Why don't no, you tell me no, then, Matt? No, no, Why no. don't you tell me? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> so I have to write infamous in my notes. Not infamous? Or I'll say infamous because uh, I'm Ron Burgundy. Nice. <laughs> that is amazing. It's amazing you can get through read and read. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've you've seen me bumble my fair share words. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, the infamous, the infamous nine one one call that Nicole made. Do you know the call? I sent it Was to this you. Did one you listen that I to listened it? to? Yes. I listened to it today. You did. Okay. The most horrific thing about that whole conversation is that less than being scared, less than being like urgent. She was irritated. She's, yes, she was irritated and almost like exacerbated. Yeah, come on. With, with the system, with OJ, with the 911 operator, yeah. with everything. They're like, what does he look like? She's like, he's OJ Simpson. You yeah. have his record. Like, like, get over here. Come on. You're going to hear, like, it's so crazy. You know, it's probably You're going to hear disturbing. him in a second is what she said. Yeah. Yeah. More disturbing than like if she was like, oh my God, he's going to. That she was shocked because she's yeah, not shocked. It's no. just business as usual. It's just another 911 call. Yep. Just a casual call because, yep. you know, my life is being threatened again. Come on. Somebody do something, please. Fucking crazy. Of course, this chain of events will be how OJ describes them because Nicole's obviously not here to mm -hmm. tell us. He had run into the stand-in while he was on the Naked Gun set mm -hmm. for Anna Nicole Smith. She's in those movies, I guess. Yeah, she's, I in, did the third, not she's in the third one. So he had run into the stand-in for Anna Nicole Smith, and she began to tell him about all of the parties that she had run into Nicole at. And she would call Nicole and her friends a pretty rough crowd. Mm. And this is a quote from OJ, because I don't want anybody thinking I said these words, mm -hmm. but... He said, and I was thinking, how weird. This stand-in is basically a part-time hooker. Now, here she was, a call girl, telling me that my wife was partying with a real tough crowd. She's a hooker now? The actor? The, the... Oh, part-time. <laughs> part-time part stand-in. That's right. <laughs> part-time hooker, part-time stand-in. OJ, yeah. full-time Yeah. Also, I don't think we can say the word hooker anymore. That's disrespectful. They're the sex hooks? workers. Mac, you oh, right. definitely sex can't workers. say hooks. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's sex workers? Yes. Okay. Prostitutes? No, no longer. Lady of the evening? Let's just go sex worker, Matt. Just, She's a sex worker. Yeah. Okay. Cover all your grounds. All right. So OJ was getting very upset every time he was approached and being told that the mother of his kids was just out nonstop partying. Uh, after this, he said that he went to Nicole's house and confronted her with this information, saying that he did not want to be hearing these things about the mother of his children. He did not want the kids around it, and it needed to stop. And Nicole would defend her friends, and OJ said he stormed off angrily. When he arrived at home, the phone was already ringing. He said that the caller ID showed that it was Nicole, but he did not want to speak to her. He was too worked up, but the phone would not stop ringing. So he eventually picked it up, and Nicole was sounding apologetic, and told him to come back. 
She reminded him that they had committed themselves to a year and that they owed it to themselves to try to work through this without turning it into a big explosion. Mm-hmm. So OJ made his way back. He said as he was talking to her, he had kind of got himself worked into a frenzy and she had gotten scared and locked herself in the upstairs bathroom. He followed her upstairs and according to him, he knocked on the door and said, you told me to come back and now you locked me out. She told him she was scared and he was going to wake the kids. In the middle of this whole ordeal, Cato Kalin had showed up and OJ started telling Cato what was going on. And while he was discussing it with Cato, Nicole called 911. And here is the 911 call. 